Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hi there, and welcome back to Out There, a cryptid podcast. I'm your host, Josh. Each season, I come out with new episodes focused on cryptids that I find super fascinating and weird. And if you still don't know what a cryptid is, it is defined as an animal that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. Cryptids don't have to be supernatural or mythical beings, although many of them are. Some cryptids have actually become documented animals. Make sure you go and follow the podcast on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, and check out the posts I make for each episode and maybe send some suggestions you'd like to hear. Alrighty, so a few updates. So, don't forget that since weird clubs haven't been as frequent as they were before, we are looking for artists or creatives alike to fill that spot on the Instagram feed. We're looking for sketches, poems, collages, whatever you want of the cryptid for the upcoming episode. Since we announced the cryptid the week prior, you'll have some time to get ready. We post the night before usually, so we'll need them submitted by the Monday of that week. So, for example, For next week's episode, submissions must be in by Monday, August 23rd. Can't wait to see what you come up with. Also, if you didn't hear in last week's episode, we are now in seasons for the podcast. That way, I won't just leave you all hanging until I can write another episode. The seasons will be around 8 to 11 episodes each, and will still come out on the Wednesdays of that season period. But, of course, I will keep you updated on dates. Okay, okay, moving right along. Today's cryptid is literally a demon from your nightmares, a trickster who torments his victims through something that seems like just another fun board game to play with friends. Today, we are talking about the Zozo Demon, the Ouija board spirit. There is no Weird Club segment today, just me. Let's dive in. The story of this cryptid can be traced back to much earlier civilizations on Earth, but it wasn't popularized in this lifetime until 2009. A man named Darren posted on TrueGhostTales.com about an experience he had, a warning to all those who play with the Ouija board. March 24th, 2009, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Darren talks about how for the past 30 plus years he has been interested in the occult, and how he has had many very odd experiences with one entity. Here's part of his story. During my experiences with Ouija boards, one particular spirit always seemed compelled to make its presence known. Its name is Zozo. 
Today, I refuse to even pronounce its name, as I believe the mere pronunciation of it can cause it to manifest itself. Too many times to count, it has at first pretended to be a nice spirit, or pretended to be whomever I was trying to contact, but eventually, it showed its true self, cussing me, threatening me, and others present in the room. Once, it actually cussed me using what looked like Latin or Hebrew, and using biblical terminology. I was genuinely fascinated and startled by how many times Zozo showed up. Even in many different states and many different Ouija boards, it always wound up being very nasty and commented freely about how it wanted to possess my girlfriends and take them to paradise. When asked where paradise was, it spelled H-E-L-L. One time after Zozo was being extremely evil, I walked into my bathroom only to see my one-year-old daughter about to drown. Her mother had left her alone in the tub just for a second, and somehow the water got turned on and was overflowing. Instinctively, she had her face tilted up and was seconds from going under when I grabbed her from the water. The next day, she was hospitalized for some weird internal infection and was put in isolation for 14 days straight as doctors tried to diagnose the illness. We almost lost her, and that was when I began to suspect a demonic attack. At this same time, my girlfriend maintained a trance-like state. Her personality changed from a very sweet person to withdrawn and uncaring. Zozo said before this that it was going to possess her and eat her soul. I was recording music for a future rock project, and I remember jokingly asked if it had an opinion on what I should name the band. It spelled Iron Tongue, which at the time I thought was pretty cool, only later when my daughter's tongue swelled up in the hospital to the point of asphyxiation, I realized that this wasn't cool at all. Her tongue became rock hard and distorted her face, swelling up to where it hung grotesquely from her mouth. We took turns bedside at the hospital for what seemed like forever before my daughter began to recover from this strange affliction. When guests would spend the night in our house, they would claim that they heard frightening voices coming from inside the walls, objects being thrown across the room, and spiders seemed to come from nowhere. My girlfriend's brother, who lived with us, complained that he couldn't sleep at night because the conversations were so loud that he simply could not rest. He believed in ghosts and thought, he wasn't afraid of them. He said that it definitely felt demonic. Lights would come off and on by themselves. Doors would open and unlock themselves. One night in our bedroom, a vicious laughter emanated from thin air. And to this day, I cannot explain the terror in that laughter. One night, I was awakened by what felt like hands on my throat choking me. I could not breathe. I, I could not scream. After about 30 seconds, it released its grip and I gasped for air. The same thing happened to my girlfriend the next night. Another night, me and her brother were standing just outside the back porch sliding glass door when we were talking about a supposed curse of their family. I abruptly exclaimed, I rebunk this curse in the name of Jesus Christ. I no longer finished saying those exact words when a deafening sound and a vibration struck the entire house with such an alarming boom that the neighbors came over to ask if I had heard something strange. I knew it wasn't our imaginations. I got the ladder out to see what had landed on top of the house, only to find nothing. Things settled down after that, 
and to this day I believe that whatever made that noise also caused the disturbances to go away. For a while. Darren goes on to talk about how this spirit tormented him even when he moved to Michigan. More and more experiences happened to him and the people around him. Things like Zozo being able to say what color someone wrote down on a piece of paper in another room, all the way to appearing in photographs with other winged skeletons flying about. After he posted about his experience, people started commenting about their own experiences, saying they too had the board spell out Z-O-Z-O over and over again. Darren actually went on to write a book about his experiences and others. It's titled The Zozo Phenomenon. But don't worry, we'll be talking more about Darren later, from when he appeared on an episode of Ghost Adventures. But before we go any further with this demon, I think we need to talk about the Ouija board. It traces all the way back to 1891, when ads started appearing in newspapers about a magical device that had the ability to answer all of your questions about the past, present, and future with marvelous accuracy. But this spirit talking board really was born out of the spiritualist movement that swept through the United States and England during the 19th century. This was when talking to spirits of loved ones who had passed on became so prevalent. Seances, automatic writing, and other methods were used to give people peace that there really was a way to speak to relatives, or anyone really, that was gone from this world. The Kennard Novelty Company began to create and sell these boards that were so rooted in spiritualism. Originally, they were printed on pieces of wood and came with a matching planchette. Popularity never really died out, though. Of course, minor changes were made, like making the board out of cardboard and the planchette out of plastic to save time and money. But what didn't change were the amount of stories coming from people playing with them. There were murders, where the attacker said that the board told them to do it. There were authors who said their work came from the spirits of authors from the other side. There was even a will that was honored, told through the board. Then, in 1973, the Hollywood blockbuster, The Exorcist, came out and really scared people because they saw the main character get possessed by a demon through a board. And rightfully so, because that movie was based on true events, The Exorcism of Roland Doe. January 1949, a suburb in Maryland. A 13-year-old boy named Roland had just lost his Aunt Harriet, she was a spiritualist who taught Roland that even after she was gone, he would be able to talk to her through the Ouija board. But after unsuccessfully trying to contact her, he started experiencing odd things around him. He would hear scratching sounds all around his room, water dripping from pipes that were intact, and most troubling was that while he was sleeping, his mattress would move. The family became very worried for Roland's safety, so they reached out to doctors and psychiatrists, but no one could help. Then, they went to a local Lutheran minister who told them to seek the assistance of the Jesuits. A local Catholic priest named Father E. Albert Hughes was given permission by the church to perform an exorcism on the boy, believing there was a demon to be blamed. But while Hughes was reading from the Bible, Roland broke off a piece of spring from the mattress that he had been strapped down to and lashed the priest across his shoulders. He left saying he could not help them and that Roland was too far gone. A few days later, the word 
Louis, appeared in scratches on Roland, and his mother took this as a sign to go to St. Louis, Missouri. Two months after they arrived, two Jesuits agreed to perform an exorcism with the help of several assistants. When they started, the bed began to shake uncontrollably and scratches started to form on the boy. Nothing was working, but the Jesuits did notice something interesting about these demons. Roland was calm and normal during the day, but at night after settling in for bed, he would exhibit strange behavior, including screaming and wild outbursts. Plus, he would enter a trance-like state and start making sounds in a guttural voice. The priests even claimed to see flying objects, but whenever they showed Roland sacred objects, it would all get worse. At one point, an X appeared in Roland's skin, and this indicated that there were ten demons inside this young boy. More scratches came, including a pitchfork-shaped pattern of red lines moved from the boy's thigh and snaked down towards his ankle. These things happened every single night for over a month. But the final straw came on March 20th, when Roland urinated all over his bed and began shouting and cursing at the priests. After this, his parents took him to Alexian Brothers Hospital in St. Louis. But even here, the same things happened over and over again. Then, on April 18th, after Roland woke up having a seizure, he screamed to the priest that Satan would always be with him. So, the priests held strong with their holy relics, crucifix, medals, and rosaries on the boy. 10.45 rolls around, and the priest screams for St. Michael to come down and expel Satan from Roland's body. Seven minutes later, everything stopped. Roland came out of that trance-like state and said, He's gone. Roland says that he watched St. Michael banish Satan from his body. And after that, Roland went back to normal. Now, you are probably saying, okay, but Zozo wasn't mentioned at all. And although he wasn't mentioned by name, it is believed that he was the gateway into Roland. Since he used the Ouija board, it is believed that Zozo was the first one to enter, which then allowed for others to come. But this is only one of many stories that this demon is responsible for. In 1972, a mother named Doris Blither used a Ouija board in her Los Angeles home. She found herself haunted by a dark entity which sought her and her family harm. Plus, some believe that the Edenfield poltergeist featured in The Conjuring 2 was Zozo's doing as well. But then, in 2012, in Tombstone, Nevada, a small group of soldiers were off-duty and decided to mess about with a Ouija board just for fun. They made contact with an alleged spirit who told them he had died in Tombstone. On the way back, one of the men got possessed and almost killed the others in a car crash before the demon left him, and he regained consciousness. So as we can see, there are major correlations between this demon and tragic events or unforeseen tragedies. Now, there are some historical facts we should go over as well. Zozo has been talked about in many different societies. In the Mayan culture, there is a demon by the name of Zotz, and the name translates to death bats. And this evil spirit is associated with night, death, and sacrifice. Then in 1521, the term Zoso was used as a code for the god Saturn, and appeared in a banned occult book. 
But the first full written account comes from 1816, a book called Dictionary Infernal by Colin de Plancy. In it, it recounts a terrifying ordeal that seems very similar to what Roland Doe went through. A young girl was possessed by three demons. Their names were Mimi, Capulet, and Zozo. Plancy wrote, The girl went down the streets on all fours, sometimes forward, sometimes behind. Sometimes she walked on her hands and feet in the air, at the risk of putting passers-by in the confidence of her position. She moved in odd ways and caused enough commotion that a priest came to perform an exorcism on her. And when Zozo was cast out of her body, all of the windows around the room burst, spreading glass all over. There is one other historical figure that we know about that was linked to the good old Zoes. It's the Mesopotamian god Pazuzu. Now, we remember this bad boy from Mothman. This demon was the king of demons, and it is believed to be a warning of bad weather, danger, famine, and other tragedies. But none of these demons have really been linked to the spirit board. Ouija board expert Robert Murch talks about how he thinks the more people believe in something, the more real it is. He has been collecting boards for many years. He even has been sent boards that people claim contain demons that tormented them. He talked about one board that he has from a man named Scott. Scott sent the board to Murch after reportedly being physically harmed in ways that should never happen to people. He mentioned that Zozo was very sexual and would say and do horrible things, which is something that a lot of the stories we've seen don't talk about, but keep that in mind. Now, Merch was featured on the Travel Channel show called Ghost Adventures, Season 12, Episode 3 on Discovery+. Plus. Nick, Aaron, and Zach go to Oklahoma City to meet THE Darren Evans from the famous blog post. In his house, they talk with him and his wife Kathleen about their experiences. Kathleen talks about how uncomfortable she is being in the house. She went on to say that four years prior, she watched Darren be possessed by a powerful demon. But within minutes of them entering, they already hear strange sounds. When they are standing in the doorway, they hear heavy footsteps coming from upstairs, even though there was no one up there. Darren goes on to talk about a terrifying experience when his daughter was carried off her feet at the bottom of the stairs. But when he got down, he could hear her screaming from the basement. The team and Darren began the investigation upstairs in the most active room. They have his spirit board sitting on the ground. Darren and Nick are about to start when a door behind them opens and closes, right in front of their eyes. Darren asks for a name. No response. Then he asks if anyone is there with them. They all hear footsteps walking up the stairs, basically stopping right outside of the room. And right at the same time, they get an EVP that whispers, you're cold. Then Kathleen starts having a coughing fit and has to leave the house. And right after she leaves, there's a very loud thump from the room next door. That is when the planchette starts moving. It's very slowly moving around, not spelling anything. Darren then asks, what is the spirit's name? That is when the planchette spells out Z-O. 
Z-O, Z-O, Z-O. Then one of the legs fell off the planchette. And to make it even weirder, they hear a door slam. When they ask who's there, Kathleen says she is there. And she comes up the stairs. Kathleen is different now. Her belt is unbuckled, no shoes, and she has a strange look in her eyes. Right after she sat down, everyone smelled something awful. Darren mentions to her that they can't have disruptions, and that Zozo just came through and she says, I know, which is odd since she wasn't in the room. So Darren asks how she knew. That is when she said, he told me. She goes on to say he was very sexual with her, and she started crying uncontrollably and left again. They get back to asking the board questions. Nick asks if it's a doorway, and it responds, yes. Three knocks come out of nowhere. Zack talks about how it is most likely mocking the Holy Trinity. And after this, they say goodbye, closing the portal. And as they check for EVPs later on, they hear a voice say, I did not do it. And right after, there are two growls. Now, you know I love ghost adventures, and although no one got possessed, they did catch a lot of evidence, especially for it being one night. But I think what was really important to see was the way all of the people were affected by the whole atmosphere. And although the responses themselves weren't all that scary, they were heightened because of feelings there. You'll understand more what I'm hinting at later on in the episode, but of course, we have to have a Reddit story. This one was posted seven years ago by the username Scooch. Here's what they wrote. First of all, this is not a work of fiction, though it is hearsay. The expressions in the people I've asked about their experiences in Ouija boards is enough to make me not question them. Secondly, I may have to update this as time goes on because sometimes my friends use a Ouija board and stuff happens. So let's start from the beginning. I know a girl named Zoe. She's really well put together and not in the slightest bit superstitious. She doesn't really care for ghosts or paranormal activity at all. She lives a pretty stressful life and tries to steer clear of demons, but she did have a strange experience once. One day when she was in her garage looking for God knows what, she heard a rustling from behind a garbage bag full of older possessions. Intrigued and slightly alarmed, she let her curiosity get the best of her, and she decided to cautiously check. Worried that it might be a raccoon, possum, or another potentially dangerous animal, she grabbed a broom and moved the bag from the safest distance she could. And thus, she found a Ouija board. She dusted it off and brought it into the house to ask her parents about it. Immediately, her mother's face drained at the sight of what seemed to be a nightmare. Her mother, Lucy, shouted at Zoe for bringing the Ouija board and asked her to dispose of it immediately. After doing so and waiting for her mother to calm down, Zoe asked Lucy about her passionate hatred. And so the mom responded, when Lucy was younger, she had a ton of free time and unparalleled fascination with paranormal. She ended up buying a Ouija board with the bit of money she saved and immediately began messing with it. Her friends were the type of people to do anything since they grew in a town with very limited options of entertainment. 
She asked them to try out the Ouija board, and they immediately accepted. Their first try was rather dull. The ghost on the other side didn't really spell anything and was very quick to say goodbye. They decided it was due to their location, and since they were trying to talk to ghosts in a relatively new establishment, they chose to try a spot with a bit more history. Their immediate thought was to try a graveyard, the most obvious location when it comes to thinking of the dead. The next night, they gathered and headed to their destination with hopes of seeing something creepy, unknowing to the fact that they were about to make the largest mistake of their lives. They found a nice spot under a large tree and started the ritual with the same question they asked before. Is there anyone here that wants to talk to us? Immediately, the board started spelling. Z-O, 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 Z-O. They asked a few more questions, yet the board only responded with the same two letters. Z-O, 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 Z-O. Deciding that they've had enough of this act, Lucy decided to say goodbye to the repetitive ghost that apparently inhabited the board, and immediately, things changed. The second Lucy said goodbye, everyone saw a girl hanging from the large tree they sat under. Lucy and her friends ran as fast as they could, and in their scramble for safety, left the Ouija board under the tree. Weeks passed, and they never used the Ouija board again. They stopped talking about it and tried to proceed with their lives. As time progressed, Lucy's friends started passing away. One by one, each of their friends that partook in the horrendous night were struck by some form of tragedy. A car accident, a violent home invasion, cancer... Each of them were getting picked off, as if targeted by a force of insurmountable darkness. Lucy, in a panic and now pregnant with her daughter, decided that she was not safe. She fled her town with her fiancé and decided never to speak of it again. Eventually, Lucy had her daughter and, without thought, named her Zoe. Her mom was always used Zozo as a nickname whenever she talked to Zoe, which was peculiar, be it the fact that the origin is one of disdain. Looking into the lore of Zozo, he is apparently a demon with a hatred for men. He seduces women and asks for sacrifice, which is a pretty scary thought since Zoe was named after this demon. To this day, Zoe has found the Ouija board in different locations, and every time she disposes of it as quickly as possible. Creepy, right? The stories really do sound very similar and malicious, but maybe there is a logical explanation for what is going on. It's called the ideometer effect. So in 1852, a psychologist and physician by the name of William Benjamin Carpenter wrote a piece for the Royal Institute of Great Britain. He explains that there are automatic muscular movements that take place without the conscious will or violation of the individual. After this came out, other experts started to jump on board with this theory. The next year, a chemist and physician named Michael Fadarday implemented this theory into the very beginning of spiritualism. He held a series of experiments that the table's motion was due to the ideomotor actions of the participants, meaning spirits weren't moving the table. It was really a small muscular movement, which causes quite a large effect. Dr. Chris French, a professor of psychology at Goldsmiths University of London, puts his theory into context of the Ouija board. So the planchette is really the key to the minor movements. 
Many used to be constructed of a lightweight wooden board and fitted with small casters to help them move more smoothly and freely. Now, they're usually plastic and have felt feet, which also helps it slide over the board easily. Plus, especially with large groups of people, there is sort of an expectation or suggestion that the board is somehow mystical or magical. So basically, to sum it up, our muscles make small subconscious movements without our realizing them. There was another study done in 1972 called the Philip Experiment. The whole point of it was to test if people could communicate with the paranormal through only persuasion or the human will. So the study created a made-up person named Philip Aylesford. They told the group to hold a seance to connect with his ghost. And just as they thought, the group said they could feel Philip's presence. But that wasn't all. They said they heard knocking sounds coming from the table, felt the table vibrate, and at one point even saw the table tilt up onto two legs. The thing is, they didn't know the truth, which was that Philip didn't exist and never did. So the researchers concluded that the human mind can, in fact, create spirits on its own will, simply through a bit of persuasion and imagination. Listen, I can see exactly how this study makes sense, and I do think there are a lot of times when the brain plays tricks on you. But that being said, there are too many events that have taken place that prove to me there are darker spirits or forces at work here in this world. But the real question is, so what do you think? Is the Zozo demon really out there? We are on Instagram, at OutThereCryptids, so make sure to follow us and tell us all of your thoughts on the cryptids we cover and what you'd like to hear next. It would mean a lot to us if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It's a great way for others to find the podcast and enjoy, just like you. One week from today, I will be covering a cryptid that lives in the swamps of southern Florida and reeks of a foul odor, the skunk ape. See you next week. This episode is written and hosted by me, Josh, with logo designed by Jason Zykes and theme music from purpleplanet.com.